If you're affected by anything you hear on this podcast, get in touch via manblues at gmx.com or at manbluesuk on Twitter. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and I have Man Blues. In this week's episode, we welcome back Red. So Red approached me and asked if we could do another episode, and this time it was a lot more fluid. We didn't have one particular topic we wanted to cover, and we ended up covering quite a lot of ground, and also managed to keep it a little bit shorter than normal. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy. Serious? You got me setting this all up, and you don't even have a subject you want to talk about. I think we can just do one about nothing. Okay. So, what's affecting your man blues today, then? Because the thing is, with it being my podcast and you being the guest, I get to ask you the questions. It's very exciting to be back on your uh, podcast here. What what episode are we on now? Uh, depending on when this one gets uh, squashed in, I think we're talking maybe forty six. 46. Wow, that's a good number. Let's have a look at the episode lists. So you were on episode 20. You were on episode 32. So if you're on episode 46, which you will be, you're kind of letting it slip. You're not coming on every 12. So, you know, shame on you, really. Should have been on episode 44. I mean, if you want, what I can do is, because episode 44 actually hasn't gone out yet, that's due to go out on the 30th of April, which is, you know, because I'm ahead of time, If I could actually swap 44 around so that you're on episode 44 and then you appear every 12th episode. <laughs> I work. That's, that could work. That sounds really good. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. So, welcome back, obviously. Well, thank you. How have you been? I've been okay actually um as far as sort of uh, men man blues and all the rest of it that side of thing i think privately everything's been okay but at work it's been a bit of a bit of a struggle really because uh i think what i've learned about myself and i don't know whether this might be something we can actually pick up and discuss uh, during this episode whether it affects you or not but um i don't think i actually cope with pressure very well when i've got a lot to do and short deadlines and tight deadlines i don't think i cope very well you find you get tired really quickly? No, I get grouchy and angry and I feel mm. as though, um, yeah, I feel the pressure. I just feel as though somebody wants something from me and I've, I don't like letting people down. That could be related somewhat to you well, let, letting people down. You don't, want, you don't want to do that, do you? No, but it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm becoming more aware of it the older I get. I don't know whether it's the older I get or the more senior I become in the organisation because I think when you get more senior there's more expectation on you to deliver because you have Mm. to deliver to woolly deadlines and woolly specifications people don't necessarily nail it down they just basically say should not be a really good idea as if we could do and then they just leave it to you to manage that because three weeks later they're going have you done that yet because we need it now but I'm not that I'm not that inept but yeah I suppose recently it's been quite bad uh, because of the time change right and we still do that the time change thing, right? So I've got really something... I don't know what it is with me, but I'm, there's something quite fascinating that happens to me on that time change. Um, six weeks leading up to us changing the clocks, I wake up at stupid o'clock, like three, four o'clock in the morning, 
and struggled to get back to sleep. Then we changed the clocks and then for about two weeks I struggled and I keep waking up earlier than my alarm clock but then it settles down. So for about eight weeks, so approximately two months, I struggle. I really do. My sleep goes through the floor. My wife is convinced I've got something burbling in the back of my brain. Something that is keeping me awake. But it isn't. There's nothing. It's just, I don't understand it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what this, why that affects my circadian rhythm. Why it needs to be four to six weeks before we change the clocks. I don't know. And that's always happened to you? Every time uh, there's a time change? I don't know if it's always happened, but I've become more aware of it over the past sort of five, ten years. Hmm. Yeah, it's odd. But yeah, I mean, you, you were about to make the point about you don't quite understand why we need to do it, I guess. No, we, I don't know why we do it. Um, I don't think anyone really knows why we do it. We've just always done it, so that's why we do it. And obviously in North America, we do it a couple of weeks earlier, a couple of weeks later for uh, going backwards. It's quite nice because the time difference uh, drops from seven hours to six hours for a couple of weeks. That's true. Um, because we do it early. Yeah, that is true. But the reason they do it in the UK, I believe, is because of um, sort of further in the north, like in the Scotland areas of the United Kingdom, um, when children are going to school in the mornings in the winter, if we don't move the clocks, we don't have summertime and wintertime, it's too dark and dangerous and they've got roads with no lights on and stuff. Because they talked about it again just recently, about 10 years ago. The good solution for that is not changing it at all, keeping it in wintertime all year round. Because mm. it doesn't really matter in the summer, does it? Because there's enough sunshine. There is, yeah. Um, I think it's down to sporting events over here in North America. I think they would really screw around with the NHL, is what I heard. But I'm not sure if that's oh, true. Oh, but, you know, that's the same old nonsense about the Americans getting upset when you mess with their gun laws. You don't mess with the hockey. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. nodding on a podcast works really well. I've said this before. Stop nodding at me and speak. <laughs> yes, I can see you, but I'm not recording the video. <laughs> oh, maybe we should leave it. Maybe we should leave it every 14 episodes. <laughs> a video podcast would be a lot of fun, would it not? Uh, no, I don't think so. Maybe for the patrons, if I ever get around to setting that up. If this podcast ever actually takes off. I've reached out to a couple of people to be guests and um, not had a response from any of them. So, I mean, okay, I'm not doing enough PR, I get that. But that's the thing, it's like, you know, I want the podcast to do well, but then, of course, I'm also quite um, sensitive about it doing well because I'm not a psychiatrist and I'm not a psychologist and I don't understand things that people might have problems with. All I'm doing is talking mostly about problems I see affecting others or problems that affect me. So, you know, maybe there is no market for the podcast I'm doing. Maybe it's just me coming on here and ranting and, you know, so, I mean, like, you know, one of the episodes that I believe that I was aiming for getting to, I managed to get to, which was the one about, you know, all these idiot men ruining it for everybody else, you know, by... Yeah, I listened to that one. Yeah, by stressing out women on the bus and by just being idiots. And you're like, stop ruining it for me. Because now I've got to cross the road at night because the woman thinks I'm going to attack her because of you. That was a particularly difficult episode for me to listen to, actually. It was oh, good, are you one of them? Difficult. <laughs> one of what? Did you did you feel as though it was about you? No, I felt it was just socially awkward and stuff that I've seen before. And I'm like... Oh, it's oh, awful. Yeah. It's really awful. And the worst of it is, is that that dickhead bloke is doing what he's doing to that poor woman. And then there'll be another man on the bus... And all the women on the bus will look at the other man and think, why aren't you stepping up? Why aren't you stopping this idiot from doing what he's doing? And you think, okay, well, 
then the guy will step up, he'll walk up to the antagonist, and he'll go, here mate, sit down, you know, she's not interested, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly, the antagonist will turn all his energy to the bloke. And all the, the only reason that guy stood up is because everyone else expected him to. And you just think, well, now I'm in a fight that no one's going to help me with. So when he swings the first punch and he knocks me on the floor and I turn to the women on the bus and say, can you help? And they go, no, you started this fight with him. Did I? Do you ever tell you the best, um, the best antagonistic comment I ever heard in my life, which was just wonderful? Because... Normally, there's avenues that you can reverse out of and ways you can fix whatever situation you're in, but this one was just fantastic. This guy was looking for a fight. There was no question about it. He was looking for a fight. And the question he started with was, are you looking at my girlfriend's boobs? I mean, I'm paraphrasing it because the podcast is relatively clean. Are you looking at my girlfriend's boobs? And the guy was like, not me. I I overheard the conversation. And the guy said, no, I'm not. And he goes, right, well, why not? How do you back out of that one? How do you avoid a fight in that situation? It's like, I'm, I'm, are you looking at my girlfriend's boobs? No, I'm not. Well, why aren't you looking at my girlfriend's boobs? Do you not think she's attractive enough? What's wrong with you? Do you think I've got an ugly woman? Do you think I can't pull a cute woman? Oh, my God. Do you want to fight, mate? Yes, please. It's just nuts. But those are, the, those are the kind of guys that we end up dealing with, I suppose. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I don't go out to the pubs as much as I used to. I just know that, especially like, you know, Today's Good Friday that we're recording this. I mean, yeah, okay, I'm talking about the dates. It's going to go out and whatever. But we're recording this on Good Friday. It's now moved into Saturday for me. But Good Friday would be traditionally the night where the pubs would be absolutely bursting with people who can't hold their ale, drink it far too quickly, far too much, stagger around and think it's fun to go home with somebody else's blood on their fingers from a punch in a fight. And I just think, sorry, no. Really not interested and not because I'm a scaredy cat, because I am a scaredy cat. I'm afraid of it. We, we went out to the pub this afternoon. Um, and for what exactly you just said, but I, we went after, I think we went at 11 o'clock. And I was cracking a beer in the pub at 11.30. And the pub was quiet as well. And I like going to the pub because it's a particular meal I like. I like the atmosphere. But then later in the evening, you know it's just going to be rowdy. And plus, I'm an older man now, so I need to come home for two naps. So, <laughs> you know. It's important to have those after you've had a, a big stodgy meal and, and, and two pints. You know, but would pub. you have hung around if you were, say, 10 years younger? Probably would have done because it would have got more interesting. But now I just don't know if I can be bothered with that kind of malarkey anymore. Well, I quite like the fact that when you first told the story, you said it would get rowdy. And then when I asked if you would hang around if you were 10 years younger, you said yes, because then it would get interesting. So for 10 years younger you, it's rowdy sorry for 10 years younger you it's interesting but for current you it's rowdy as in it's just too much now yeah it's just too much it's an age thing what's the likelihood of it actually kicking off into being something violent unlikely here no not not really not where i am i mean i suppose if you went to different places around north america you might get more rowdy Mm. certainly where you are it would definitely be a lot more rowdier um in town, certainly, but not not necessarily yes. where I live. Yeah, my my local pub is quite quiet. In fact, all three of my local pubs are very quiet. Um, but the uh, if I was to go into town, then yeah, definitely. And of course, it's that time of year where, uh, with it being Easter, um, st- schools are off as well, so the kids are out, which means that when you get into the more choice areas of town, they'll be sick and tired of their kids, so they'll have gone to the pub to fill their heads with booze and left the kids at home playing games and things 
Porsche, it's that time of year for uh, the well, the UK right now. We've just had spring break like a week and a half ago. We had mm-hmm. spring break, and now we're going to Easter. It's kind of weird. Like, I don't know why spring break and Easter don't fall on the same weekend. It'd make more sense, but no. So are they both holidays then, spring break? Spring break is a holiday. It's a recognised holiday for about a week. Um, kids obviously have the Friday off and the Monday off uh, around those as well. So, um, And then uh, there was a week back at school, full week back at school. And then they're off for Good Friday. We don't recognise Easter Monday, um, but I think the schools do. So why is that? Is, is that is this like a thing about the the holidays that you get in North America, or I think it's because Easter moves around and um, the holidays in North America are very set in schedule. I assume um, I've never really figured it out. It's interesting because I remember when I when I lived in Germany, for instance, they only give you the bank holidays that fall on the Monday. So if the bank holiday falls on a Saturday or Sunday, you don't get that day off work. And whatever day that bank holiday falls on, that's the day you have off. So if the 1st of May falls on a Thursday, you have a Thursday off. And it's it's weird. It's like they, they look at us and, you know, because when I was explaining to my work colleagues in Germany, I was saying, why have I only got... They, they actually have a phrase where they say um, it's an employee's year or an employer's year, depending on when the bank holidays fall. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? And they said, well, this year is an employer's year because it means that I think we had that year we had five bank holidays and every year in Britain you get eight. I was going to ask you, how many days are there in the UK for public holidays? Eight. That's it? Yeah, you get 1st of January, you get Good Friday, Easter Monday, you get 1st of May, you get 31st of May, you get the 31st of August and then you get... Christmas Day, Boxing Day. There's your eight. So, wow, we get 13. Mm-hmm. Where's your Labor Day? Where's Independence Day? We're busy working for that. We, independence, we gave you your independence. We don't need to celebrate it. It does make me laugh when I see that on um, on Cora, by the way. I, I saw um, somebody asking a question on Cora, and it basically said, uh, why, do, why, is, why is it only America that celebrates Independence Day? Why doesn't like Britain or Europe celebrate it? <laughs> Have you understood what Independence Day is, sweetheart? Sit down, read a book. <laughs> Do you find you get more irritable uh, the more tired you get? Like, especially if it's been a long oh, day or a long definitely. week. Do you find yourself getting more definitely. irritable? 100%. And then what's the, way, what's the strategies you use to try and overcome those? Because um, obviously your wife or whatever... I haven't got any. You know, I can just hear myself being horrible to people and I think, why are you talking like that? Oh, you must be tired. Stop being horrible to people. But I haven't got the energy, ironically. You haven't got the energy to tame the beast inside, basically. No. And I can hear myself doing it. And the worst bit is that I'm, do- I'm doing it to my wife. And it's kind of like, yeah, she, doesn't, she doesn't deserve it. She really doesn't deserve it. She doesn't deserve to be spoken to like that. She doesn't deserve to be treated like that. Yet, there I am, unable to stop myself. And I know I'm doing it. And at that moment in time, you really don't care. You just want to go to sleep. And in the morning, you wake up feeling great. And you're looking at what just happened and you're like oh yeah I was a bit of a dick the worst bit of it is is that you kind of you can hear yourself doing it and you know you're doing it but the thing that's frustrating you and making you react like that is still there because I don't know how it is it's it's very weird It's, it's all about perception so at that point when I'm feeling tired and I'm feeling grouchy and I'm having a bit of a go or whatever you know I'm not very tolerant and tolerable it turns out that that seems to be the time it seems to coincide quite nicely with the exact moment that people are asking me things that are just irritating questions. And 
we've recently spoken about the fact that I don't know if it's because we're getting older, but my wife has now started to talk to me as though she's my carer. We've had a conversation about it. I mean, you're smiling again. Smiling works brilliantly on a podcast. I'm really interested in. Well, you, what do you mean, Kira? Is it like you get asked, you know, 14 questions in a row? No, I get asked one question, and then when I give the answer, she doesn't believe me, so she asks me the same question three times. Or it'll mm. be something like um, she'll feel a drop in temperature. Like, for example, when we were on holiday in, in Madeira recently, um, it was an interesting weather system that they had because during the day it was tolerable in shorts and t-shirt but come sort of 5 p.m 6 p.m you're looking to put long trousers on well you know thin long trousers and a thin long sleeve and by 10 p.m you need something slightly thicker because the, the weather just dropped so she would start to feel cold and then she'd say to me do you want a jumper and i go no no i'm fine he said well what about your long trousers then no no i'm fine well, you haven't got any socks on. Do you want me to bring you some socks? No, I'm fine. All right. Now, each one of those questions taken on its own is a wonderful question for somebody to be caring and sharing, right? But when you look at them all together, all three of them, do you want a jumper? No. Do you want your trousers? No. Do you want your socks? No. That's somebody who's caring for you. And I don't mean caring in a way of, oh, isn't she a caring woman? I mean, she's going... I need to put trousers on this guy, I need to put socks on this guy, I need to put a jumper on this guy, and I need to get a cup of tea inside him, and I need to get him a sandwich, and I need to get him to bed. That's very different. Mm. And I said to her, I said, you know, it sounds like you're being very caring and you're being very loving and stuff. I said, but all I can hear all the time is that you have to look after me. That's what's coming across. That you're asking these questions because you feel obliged to ask these questions. You're not my carer. I'm perfectly capable of doing these things on my own. And obviously, that's going to come back and bite me in the arse because there will come a time where I'm not capable of doing things on my own and she will need to help with things, you know? But And you feel that's going to happen to yourself before it ever happens to her? I've already said that I'm going to die first. And how do you know that? I know it is. I mean, I've punished my body enough. And I've... Somebody told me years ago, um, and I've told a few people this story, and everyone I've told they've got angry that I've been told this story and it's played on my mind but um, somebody told me years ago that there's a finite fixed number of beats in your heart so every time mm. you exercise and you use up you use up those beats you're going to die sooner and then I think well I spent bloody nearly 10 years doing part runs every weekend 5k runs and because of my heart I've already got a relatively mild heart condition that is at the moment undiagnosed and isn't, isn't a problem but I do get racing heart quite a lot and I get irregular beats and all sorts of things but I've had heart tests and everything's fine but when I was running my heart rate would go up to 180 beats a minute now when my mate does marathon running where he's running for two three hours at, at pace he doesn't break above 140 yes he's fitter than me yes he's younger than me yes he's all this other stuff than me right but there's no reason for my heart to be at 180 BPM. So the thing with my mind is, if I get told something that is interesting or something that is pertinent to a particular situation, when that situation raises its head again, that fact is immediately brought to the front of my brain and I can't switch it off. My sister, for example, once said to me years ago, men can't multitask. And she said it to me at the exact time I was putting my shoes on and my coat on. And she was right. I couldn't put my shoes and my coat on at the same time because those are two jobs that require complete focus. 
you can't just slide your feet into your shoes and walk out. You've got to do things with laces and all sorts of stuff. And you can't just put your jacket on while you're doing something else because there's buttons need fastening, zips need pulling and so on. So my counter-argument to her was the reason men don't multitask is because we complete each job completely. We do each job correctly. We finish, we focus on that job and we get it done. And then we move on to the next job. But what it meant was for the next 10 to 15 years, every time I was putting my shoes on and had my coat in my hand, I could hear her voice saying, men can't multitask. So whenever I go for a run or I go for a bike ride or I do anything that increases my heart activity, I always keep thinking the finite fixed number of beats in my heart and I'm using them up doing this. I heard that as well from a complete idiot who said the same thing. It's all about how many beats, but your heart is just a muscle at the end of the day. Your your arm doesn't deteriorate more because you're using it for you know lifting weights. It actually gets stronger. The, the problem happens when you stop using that muscle, right? And that's when it starts to deteriorate. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm know, there now, so thanks. That's really helpful. Well, I've not. I've, I've, I'm smiling again, but I, yeah, it, it, well, it works. I mean, a smile is so loud on the podcast. Can you turn your smile down? I know. <laughs> but what I do mean is, like, when you are exercising, your heart rate does go up, but then your resting heart rate actually goes down over time. Yeah, right? correct. And a resting heart rate being lower is a good thing, mm-hmm. right? So, 100%. yeah, I've got the same same issues with my wife right now. She's really struggling with exercise because her heart rate races way too high. So she's been for a lot of these ECGs and cardiac uh, testing of her heart of why it's going up to 180 when she's exercising, which is colossal um, at 180. Um, but that's due to, we believe, the COVID infection she had a couple of years ago really hasn't kind of left her system, is what we think. Well, I mean, she does have a reduced lung capacity as well, and these things all play a part in it. Um, a great example of COVID. I freaking loved it, right? I had all seven vaccinations. I'm exaggerating right now because I don't actually remember how many I had. Um, I just remember they were absolutely awful. Every single one were nasty, right? Yeah. And nasty in a way that, you know, you get the shot, you come home, you're like, oh, it wasn't too bad. You have a couple of whiskeys to kind of settle yourself down. And in the morning, you are sick. I mean, sick like I've never been before. It only lasts 24 to 40 hours, but still, it was significant that I remember when people ask me, hey, were you ever ill during, you know, the lockdown? Yeah, um, three times when I had the injection. And then I actually got COVID. And the only reason I knew I had COVID is I was standing in the Costco line, because that's what you do, right? Now my wife is at home. And um, she, she she had the infection. Uh, she wasn't too great. So I was like, oh, we isolated ourselves. And I went to the grocery store and, and uh, I felt sweat coming down my back. <laughs> oh, wow, that's kind of weird. Like a sweaty back. I've never had a sweaty back before. So I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. Maybe I've got a temperature, but it didn't feel bad at all. Right. Then I got home. And uh, and then I was like, well, you know what? Let's uh, let's get this uh, pipette out and shove it up one of my noses. Right? Yeah. Um, not the f- not the funnest test, was it? No, not the funnest <laughs> test. It's better up the nose than somewhere else. But anyway, I uh, I had the test and and it came back positive. And I'm like, wow. And I don't feel that bad. And then suddenly, maybe it was psychosomatic, but but after that, I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to be really careful here because, you know, I'm ill. I should isolate. I'm, I, am I feeling more ill? Right. No, I get it because that, that was, the, I mean, you say you don't want to take a stance on the argument at all. You know, you don't want to fall down to one side or the other. But the thing with it was is that um, 
people kept saying, oh yeah, the vaccine clearly doesn't stop COVID. Of course, no, it doesn't stop COVID. It stops you dying from COVID. That's what it does. So that's why the vaccine was important. Yeah, and I, I still believe that vaccinations prepared my body for when I had it. 100%, I agree with that. 100%. And that's um, the thing with the flu virus. You know, when the, when the flu virus comes around every year, people keep saying, oh my word, you know, blah, blah, blah. I need to go and get the flu jab. The flu jab comes out every year. People go and get the flu jab every year. And it's the same disease. It's the flu. But when it comes down to the um, vaccinations and the boosters, just as a, as a for instance, um, I was genuinely starting to believe I kept getting placebos because I'd heard everybody saying the same thing. They all said, I felt ill, my arm hurt where the injection was, I couldn't sleep, I felt hot and sweaty, um, you know, felt nauseated, all kinds of things. And I was like, I didn't feel anything. I didn't even, I mean, I felt the scratch of the needle going in and then that was it. I don't remember the next day being any particular pain in the arm or any particular symptoms or whatever. I just felt perfectly normal. So I went and had the main vaccination and I had two boosters and then I caught COVID. And there was no lead into it. I didn't have a kind of an inkling at all. I felt, I caught it on a Thursday night and by the Saturday evening, I was feeling a bit rough and the Sunday morning, awful, just awful. Um... By the Tuesday, because I was working from home already, by the Tuesday I was in the office, I had my headset on, and I was just sitting there and I was just staring at some computer code that I was trying to work out. And just, you know, basically I just sat there with the headset on because I knew that I wasn't going to be very focused and very able to do much work. So I thought, well, rather than me taking the time off sick, I'll just I'll sit here, I'll try and work, this, work my way through this complicated code. I'm sure my brain still works. And I had the headset on, just in case anybody rang... And I could then answer the call and go, aha, uh-huh, yeah, 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 pen, paper, which I haven't used in years, next to me, writing things down because I didn't trust myself to type. Um, Wednesday morning felt a lot better, but Tuesday, crikey, it was awful. That's horrible. That's horrible. Uh, and you don't ever believe you're going to go back to an office. Like, you're no. working at home for the rest of your life. Is that what you believe? Because I want to bring that up, partly because I feel the world is starting to change. Um, at work, we've had a, a US company acquire us. Um, they're very pro office worker, right? Everybody goes back into the office. They've done that for a year or so now. Where the company I work for is very pro hybrid, so you know everyone works from home. So it's gonna be really interesting. This U.S. company buying us, or buying the company, should I say? I said the word "us" like I own the company. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Um, but you know, collectively owning the company from the U.S., maybe they'll bring that down to us. What's the what's their driving force behind it? Because. I can argue, and you certainly can, because you and I both work in a very similar industry, we can argue that we're far more productive when we're not in the office. They said that the the people they sent home, um, or everyone that went home, they just weren't as productive as when they went into the office. Um, Productivity was lost. That doesn't mean anything to you. I I know, it means nothing to me. They were like, oh, we would find people out shopping, we'd find people, you know, not performing as well as they Uh, once did. So we're getting to the truth. The truth is they don't trust the workers. That's where I went with it. I was like, so you don't trust your workers? Yeah. And they're like, well, it wasn't like that. We yeah, just it was. get better productivity. No, it was. You just don't trust your so workers. We did share a manager previously, um, mm. but I couldn't imagine um, if he'd still been in control of the department, whether he would have let us work from home. No, because you didn't have laptops. That's true. We're all, you, we were all on desktops. So how the hell yeah. do you work from home with a desktop? And then, because I said this to somebody afterwards, I, I think after I left that organisation you and I both worked at, 
um, someone was talking about, oh yeah, we can do work from home now. I said, oh really? I said, when did you get laptops? She says, oh, we don't get laptops. We have to we have to dial in using our home computers. I thought, oh really? But again, that sounds like a crazy solution, but that would have worked. Exactly. Yeah. That actually. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But in terms of productivity, I find my team, because of the kind of work we do, where we've got extended periods of concentration, where we're sat at a desk and we need to focus on what we're doing, when you've got that pathetic conversation just three desks over where they're talking about what they saw on TV last night, it's a distraction. And even something as simple as walking down the corridor to the bathroom and back, um, I found that I would bump into somebody in the corridor and then I'd be stood there for 15 minutes having a chat with them because I haven't seen them in two weeks. Now I haven't seen them in three years. In the last four days in the office because of the new owners, if you will, have been up from uh, the US and uh, being in the office for four days, productivity on me has just slumped. Yeah, of course it has. You're just I not mean, as productive. I people come in talking and I realise how unproductive you are when you're not in the office. Yeah. Sorry, when you are in the office. Yeah, I mean, I agreed with you because I knew what you meant. But yeah, you, you, because of the kind of work we do, because of the kind of work we do, I mean, okay, there are nurses out there, and God bless them, etc. they've done a brilliant job, but they can't do their job working from home because they need to be patient-facing. They've got no choice. And the road menders, they have to be in, quote, the office because they have to be on the roads fixing the roads. But anyone who's doing an IT role like you and I, I mean, salespeople, can you imagine? Or even IT help desk. IT help desk does not need to be on site. And I, I think that's really interesting, especially in our um, company. Mm. We've had, we've moved into a smaller building, so we can't house everyone anymore. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen over the next uh, six to 12 months. A lot of American companies, they're all thinking, oh, it'd be amazing. Wouldn't it be awesome if, wouldn't it be great if, but they never actually ask the people that they're going to be asking this of. Have they actually said to you, would you like to come back to the office? Or have they just said, you have to be back in the office because we're running the company, we think it's better? That hasn't happened yet. Of course not. Because it's still early days. Yeah. And I don't think it will. You need to be raising that question. You need to raise that question and just say, when are you going to be actually asking us whether we want to come back in the office or not? Because if you're going to stand there and tell us we're coming in office, that's not an office, that's a dictatorship. Because you're not asking us what our thoughts are. And if you're going to come back at us with an argument of we can't let you guys work from home when we're making the other people come in, then you've used the word making, you've used the word forcing, so now it basically means that it's got nothing to do with productivity and everything to do with a lack of trust and you just need to micromanage everybody and that's why it won't work. Well said. I think if you're working in an environment you don't like, you can always get another job somewhere else. Precisely. That's something I've discovered. Precisely. So, you know, and the job market, well, where I am in North America, seems pretty vibrant. So, you know, and I'm sure it is everywhere in the world. Yeah. What I found really interesting is I'm looking at other jobs just to get a feel of what's going on. And it's surprising how many of them now are actually saying they're hybrid or really? work from home. Right. Unbelievable. If I was to say to you 50-50, that's quite... It still wouldn't entice me, though. Because I want to, I want something that says it's hundred percent working from home. Because I really, I, I don't see the benefit of it. Oh, I'm sorry. When I said fifty fifty, I meant fifty fifty percent of the jobs I'm, I, I've seen are in office, hmm. and the other fifty percent are hybrid or working from home. Hybrid slash working from home is the same thing, I think. Well, hybrid to me means that um, you know, the, the, at my organisation, they were talking about what they called a two three or a one four, whatever it was. So they're basically saying in one day home for four, in two days home for three. No. That's hybrid. Hybrid, hybrid, 
hybrid for us is the teleworking policy we currently have, which means you come into the office for meetings or if there's a reason, you're able to come into the office for that reason. You don't have a schedule. What's the point of an office meeting? An in-person meeting where yeah. you need to see... No, I, I know what they are. What's the point of them? So you can shake someone's hand. Why? Why is that necessary? Uh, because it's really important to feel someone. No. You see, that's the thing. There's no need for that. I've been, I, I know. I really I've, I've been sat in meetings when pre-lockdown where the first 15 minutes of the one-hour meeting that was scheduled were wasted with people doing small talk and back chat where they were basically just kind of going, oh, I've not seen you in ages, blah, 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 and then waiting for the person who's chairing the meeting to actually chair it. Whereas what I've found with these these online meetings, it takes 30 seconds because nobody's chatting to other people. You get straight to the point. You can't see the face, so you're not, you know, you're not there in the room. Uh, and there's one meeting I go to a week where I have my camera on, just one, and that's my team meeting oh, with my team. I have my camera on almost all the time. Don't see the point. And I always try and make it visible that I've got my hands in screen as well, so it means I'm not multitasking. Then I know people know I've got engagement. Yeah, that's the whole be here now thing that my brother used to talk to me about. And I was like, what, you lose focus that much when you're in a meeting? And then I realised that's exactly what I do. And the worst part of it is, I suppose, if, I'm, if I want to say one thing negative about this working from home and these online meetings, I'm getting invited to a lot of meetings now because people are panicking about having the right expertise around the table so we're getting a scattergun approach and then I sit in these meetings and they're an hour long and they're pretty good people are keeping them to an hour and it's quite decent but I'm sitting there and it becomes quite clear after just two or three minutes that I'm not needed and that's when I voice up and I say can I be excused now you guys look like you've got this in in control Hmm. I might need to start saying that's something I do straight away I'm like hey I I don't feel I'm adding any value to this meeting do you guys mind if I just uh, shoot off I've got a ton of other stuff to get on with yeah, that's quite good, but my stance on that is changing now. I'm starting to look at it and basically say, look, I'm going to keep this as a placeholder. I'm going to be aware of the fact that this meeting is taking place, but I'm not going to join. But if you need me to join, you ping me a message through the chat. And I'll, join. I'll, jo- I'll join because otherwise I'm not needed. That's a good That's a good, That's a a good. good policy. Well, I mean, for the listeners, I don't feel we are really, um, we've really addressed many man blues in this episode today. But we definitely have uh, had a bit of a moan, which is yeah. also important. But that's the thing. Moaning is important. It is. And in fact, this episode might be called Red Moans. Um, but yeah. Um, uh, I can moan a lot more than that. Honestly, I could. I mean, we've covered a few topics and that's fine. It's going to, you know, it's, it's going to make it... It's going to make it interesting for the for the blurb, you know, for me to basically talk about the fact we covered COVID, we've covered uh, working from home. We've got, And the thing is... I've talked on the podcast before about how lockdown was really good for me, and it genuinely was. And I know it wasn't for everybody, and I do feel bad about the fact that mine was brilliant. And it was brilliant because I had genuinely had no idea just how anxious I was and how much stress I had. And I just didn't realise that. I didn't realise I was a slave to the clock. And then suddenly somebody said, nope, don't come into the office anymore. Never been happier. And even if... It was to come about that my organisation said, I now have to come back in the office. I've told my manager, I will be leaving. Not to threaten him, but just to let him know it's more important to me and my mental health that I don't have this anxiety of this driving in the morning and driving home and all this slave to the clock. If I have to come back in the office, I'm going to find a job elsewhere. Even if they say I have to come back in the office, it's going to be a local one I can walk to. There listeners is our point today stand up for yourself yeah. stand up for what you believe in don't let people roll over you 
Um, we're all having this in our lives. I think that's true at any age as well. And I, I don't want to say that I've, I've become more obstinate in my old age because I was actually quite obstinate when I was younger, but I've certainly become more courageous in my convictions. Um, I do firmly believe that that's, that's what I need in order to function well. Are you feeling it's coming to a natural close there? Because uh, according to this... It's I do, un- yeah. I was actually thinking about our next subject. Our next podcast, we'll talk about debt and how that affects the man's psyche. Debt? Yeah, debt. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Speak to you next time. <laughs>